Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get podcasts. Is this all real? Or is it just happening inside my head? Of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? If you bring up Harry Potter one more time, I'm fucking I'm quitting to the Queens. I'm sorry, not sorry, but I'm just obsessed <laughs> with it because I went to Harry Potter land yesterday. I just said it to bust your ovaries. That's fair. I yeah. feel like we're we're always getting each other's gourd about yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter. And is it a gourd or, you, or your goat? Just get your getting goat. Getting your goat. Yeah, getting your goat. But what does that even come from? Like you, I don't even understand that phrase. What's the origin story? Yeah. Got your goat. <laughs> got your goat. It's never been used like that. But like, Dude, I just got your goat. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's It's like, no, this shit gets my but goat. But what is it? Like, like someone like stole a goat and then they were like, this should be a, now a turn of phrase? It's probably a Bible thing, honestly. So Joanna is all over it, and she Googled it, and she went to this website called phrases.org.uk, which sounds made the fuck up. Bye. Bye, Joanna. Yeah, Joanna, (laughs) like, literally, like, how are you a producer on this show? (laughs) Wait, so it's a .org and a UK? Yeah, this is ignorant. Oh, amazing. (laughs) Okay. A commonly repeated story which purports to explain the phrase's origin is that goats were placed with racehorses to keep them calm. When ne'er-do-wells who wanted the horse to race badly removed it, that is, they got someone's goat, the horse became unsettled and ran badly. There's no evidence to support that story. What the fuck? Did Aaron Sorkin write this? For a fucking walk and talk on the West Wing? What is this? You could have walked down six hallways to the Oval <laughs> Office with that definition. <laughs> Robinson and I'm Jessica Williams and we got a brand new bonus episode with two K-Dogs number one Kevin Yee number two Kenny DeForest it's like really funny so let's listen our next performer you would recognize him from YouTube and his music is available on iTunes please give it up for Kevin Yee Wow, this is beautiful. Well, if you haven't guessed by now, I am a homosexual. Yes, thank you. I've been out of the closet for a very long time. I came out when I was 18 years old. And I have to admit, it was a really disappointing time in my life. Yeah, because my mom was totally fine with it. Because it's like part of the gay experience to be shunned and disowned by your family and friends, society. But my mother was just so accepting. Like, I came out of the closet. She was like, oh, honey, I love you. Just be careful. You want to go shopping, girl? Let's get some shoes. Okay, girl. We will get some shoes. You will feel much better. I was like, mom, I'm going to need you to get mad at me, right? Like, shun me for a few days at least. I need to suffer for my homosexuality, okay? I mean, luckily my dad disowned me for life or I would be a messed up gay. (laughs) Oh, 
<laughs> Looking back, though, <laughs> I probably should have known my mom knew that I was gay. There were definitely some signs, a few signs. Here's one. When I was three years old, for Halloween, she made me dress up as the pink Care Bear. <laughs> Do you guys remember the pink Care Bear? Yeah, the pink Care Bear's special power is shooting rainbows out of its stomach. That is so fucking gay. If that's your special power, you are a homo. Automatic homo card. So I'm Asian, which... <laughs> uh, there's a podcast. They're listening. You, they can't see. It's not for... <laughs> it's for the podcast listeners. <laughs> Yes, I am Asian. I mean, gay and Asian, that's a lot of diversity, right? Like, some, somebody needs to give me a scholarship quick. Like, it's been like five minutes. My gosh. One of the first things people want to know about me is what type of Asian I am. It's a weird question. I get it, though. There's a lot of different types. There's Korean, Vietnamese. I get it. I get it, right? But there's a lot of different types of white people, too. But I would never go up to a white person and be like, hey, so what type of white are you? Scottish? That is so exotic. Oh my God. Tell me everything. You don't do that. Right? You don't do that. I'm definitely not trying to call anyone out because when I meet other Asian people, I want to know what type of Asian they are for sure. That's like the first thing. I'm like, what type of Asian? Because I want to know if I can trust them. It's so amazing to be here in Brooklyn. My gosh, I love it here. I used to live here a long time ago. I've moved to Los Angeles. I'm sorry for abandoning you guys. I know. <laughs> I've missed Brooklyn a lot, though. I do. You know what I miss the most, though, is the Brooklyn guys. They are so sexy. Oh, my gosh. Brooklyn guys are so sexy. Oh, my gosh. You know why? Because I like hipsters. It's kind of like a preference. I love a little hipster. Oh, my God. Every time I see one walking towards me, I just want to take him home and give him a bath. But, like, God, so, why so dirty? My gosh. Like, you know, I'm even into the hipsters with the facial hair, you know, like the beard and the mustache. I think that's the big, bushy beard. That's so sexy. I've, I've never been with a guy with a beard. Like, I've never dated a guy with a beard before. Um, so I do have questions about the sanitariness of the hipster beard in regards to gay sex. It's a weird question, I know. The only reason I've ever thought of that is because I once watched a bearded hipster eat a s'more. Get that, get that. Marshmallow and chocolate. Sorry, I just wanted to cross the line, so it feels good over here. I like the line, I like the other side of the line, my goodness. Thank you. What I like to do is I like to sing songs and write songs. So I'm going to sing a song about getting cheated on, which could be a little depressing. I know, I know, I know. But here's the thing. Like, I've been cheated on in my life a few times. Okay, a lot of times. It's fine. No, it's totally fine, you guys. Here's the thing. The first time I was devastated. It was very, very painful. 
But then ever since then, like, I've been like, you know, I have to move on, like, quicker. You know, it can't ruin our lives, right? Like, that's the thing. We have to grow up a little bit, right? And we have to deal with getting cheated on in a more adult way. And so that's what this song is about. It goes like this. Yes. So if you're ever cheated on, here's a little something you can do or say to that person. I got to your house a quarter past eight And I guess I got there a quarter too late I knew that things were not okay When your car wasn't in the driveway I knocked three times, your daddy answered the door Told me you were out with some dirty whore My worst nightmare had come true I was dating a cheating fool But I was all dressed up with nowhere to go You had left me feeling low No one around but your daddy, so I thought that I'd let you know I fucked your dad I fucked your dad I fucked your dad. I fucked your dad. I fucked your dad. It was an accident. I fucked your dad. He was so loose, oh my god. I fucked your dad. And very, very easy. I fucked your dad. Your daddy was such an easy lay. He dropped his pants and begged me to stay. Come inside, that's what he said. Then right in your childhood bed. I fucked your dad, I fucked your dad, that's what I said. I fucked him good right in your bed. You cheated on me, fair is fair. We even fucked on top of your teddy bear. I fucked your dad, do you hear me? That's what you get if you fuck with me You didn't think I'd get you back But I was slurping on your daddy's sash I fucked your dad, I enjoyed the view uh, I fucked your dad to get back at you huh? You cheat on me, then I'll be leaving But first, I'll be getting even uh, On my face, on my thighs, on my chin my heart and you made me cry but my night got better to my surprise we were all greased up and having fun didn't hear the footsteps come i was thrusting hard inside of him when your mama walked right in oops so i fucked your mom i fucked your mom i fucked your mom i fucked your mom and then you're mine. I fucked them both. Yes, I did. I'm gonna dance a little bit. Right up the bar. I fucked your dad. Give it up for the two dog queens. Give it up for Kevin Yee. This message comes from Two Dope Queen sponsor, BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in the day, how would you use it? BetterHelp Online Therapy can help you figure out what's most important to you so you can prioritize it. Learn to make time for what makes you happy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Visit BetterHelp.com dopequeens today to get 10% off your first month. 
What should I play? I haven't even tried this piano yet. Why don't we play a little bit of a piece that I think you might know? It's a new season of the Open Ears Project. I'm Terence McKnight, here with stories from people who share the piece of classical music that guided them through some of the most important chapters in their lives. Listen now wherever you get podcasts. What's been going on with you? What's up? What's the um, I was in LA f- a couple of days. Uh, she did not. I love Dick, the new Amazon show. Yes, uh, really exciting. Uh, Jill Soloway, Catherine Hahn. Ever Bacon. heard of them? Yeah, and it was really it's like cool. literally. It's like powerhouse. <laughs> and uh, so I had a fitting for a lot of my outfits for most of the season. And so I'm at my heaviest. I'm 170, which is I'm proud of that. I think it's fine. Fuck yeah, um, dude. And so it had me in, like, these really cool, like, jumpers and onesies. Like, my character's very artsy. And, mm-hmm. like, she's the kind of person that makes her own jewelry that doesn't look great. But, like, <laughs> the effort is there, you know? Um, and so my character's very kind of, like, junky art, but, like, really cool. And so mm-hmm. I had, like, this cool-ass, like, red uh, jumpsuit yesterday. And then, like, a kind of, like, kimono sort of fringe it's really crazy it was like so it. awesome uh-huh. and so uh, we were shooting all day yesterday it was like super great we're like we're dicking around we had like a great time it was like the best the, everyone on the cast is so amazing and <clears throat> there's just uh, these two other women in the cast and they're both like pretty tiny and they were like holding each other like the other one jumped in her arms and it was like really cute and I was like oh you know Roberta you can't do that with me and <laughs> she was like yeah I can and I was like I weigh 170 uh, and she's like I got you I got you and I was like I don't know <laughs> and so she's like no let's try and I was like alright so I like run and like jump up in her arms she holds me and then it's just like just falls to the side very <laughs> Slowly to the ground. It's like you fucking made me probably. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so what did she say? Did she like recover? Yeah, all? she was fine. We were both fine. And then I get up and we like go to get ready for our next scene. And I had ripped the scene <laughs> all the way down my butt. So you just saw like my pink thong. And it was like a thong rip. Yeah, <laughs> it was a thong rip. Uh, and I had to act the second scene with a massive thong rip that I was trying to hide. So nobody, like, nobody no. came and fixed it? <clears throat> no, well, because I didn't want to say anything because oh. everyone was like, are you guys okay? I was like, yeah, everything's great. <laughs> uh, I love acting. So happy to be here. Yeah, this is so great. Uh, I'm second-tier actor. I'm ruining clothes already. And so... <laughs> Our, our second scene was us just seeing like on the ground, so I was like, great. And I like was making sure like not to move, but like my fat ass was just like hanging out. It was just like a saloon door just wafting <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> I want a beer and a hooker. Bonk. <laughs> so that's really funny. I'm not gonna do that anymore. But other than that, the shooting has been has been great. That's I'm really great. excited. You guys um, ready for more show? Oh yeah. Our next act, he is very, very funny, and he's so funny, in fact, that Comedy Central recently named him a comic to watch. Wow. Please get up for Kenny DeForest! Keep it going for Jessica and Phoebe, everybody. Hell yeah. 
Hell yeah. Good to be here, man. I got to, uh, I got to quit smoking. That is a short walk and I'm tired. That is not good. I am panting and 30. Ugh. Cigarettes are so hard to quit, though. I don't know if anyone here has done it, man. It's hard to do. And what's tricky about it for me is I don't even think I'm addicted to cigarettes. Like, it isn't the cigarette that I'm addicted to. I think what it is is I am just addicted to always having in my pocket a reason to walk away from any conversation. That is... That is... That is by far the best part of being a smoker, and you can't replace that with a patch. <laughs> you can't just be at a party like, yo, this conversation sucks. <laughs> it's still there. You need... It's like, for me, a cigarette is just my way of telling somebody, hey, uh, just so you know, I would rather kill myself than have this conversation. <laughs> so... I'm going to go work on that now. It's been a weird day for me, man. I lost an argument earlier today. I always... That's the worst, man. When you lose an argument, oh. Especially when you believe what you're saying and then you still lose. It's the worst. This is what happened, man. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, hey, look, I just think it's the government's responsibility to keep guns out of mentally unstable people's hands. And he had a gun, so he won the argument. <laughs> That's the problem with gun people, man. They're very convincing, you know? <laughs> people are like, why is this conversation so hard to have? I'm like, because half of it's armed. It's a very... Hey, uh, maybe less guns. And then they're like, we have all the guns. It's like, that's a good point. I hadn't looked at it that way. <laughs> Starting to come around to your way of thinking. Please put the gun down. All right. <laughs> I get gun. I get why people want guns. I'm from Missouri, man. I've drank whiskey and shot at squirrels. It's a fun time. I get the appeal. There's just certain arguments gun people use that don't make sense to me anymore, man, you know? Like, I was talking to my buddy, and I was like, hey, man, why do you need that machine gun? Like, what do you need that for? What sort of agile-ass deer live in the woods near your house? <laughs> sort of roided-up doping deer are you hunting? <laughs> like, this isn't for deer, man. This is to protect my family. You try to tell me how to protect my family, and I was like, I would never do that. I would never tell somebody how to protect their family. I will say this, though. If you need a machine gun <laughs> to protect your family, you did something. You did something. <laughs> There's, that's on you. If you need a full magazine to make your problems go away, you need to look inside. That's something you're doing. It might be the tone you use when you talk to people or the topics you bring up at parties, but for some reason, too many people want you dead. And that's... It's really your fault. This is my same friend. He countered that with this. He goes, all right, man, well, let me ask you this question. You really trust the government enough to give up your firearms? How about that? You really trust this government enough to give up your right to reclaim this republic from a tyrannical government? I was like, that's a good point. That is a good reason to have guns, so that we can fight the U.S. military. That's a great idea. <laughs> Glad you've thought this through. Me, you, and the guy from Staples. Going <laughs> to take on the most sophisticated military the world's... I haven't done a sit-up in three years. Are you sure? 
how many laser-guided missiles you got in that safe? None? Well, maybe we should find a new strategy. I suggest drum circles. Let's try some... Try to use the power of rhythm to create change. <laughs> Celebrated two years with my girlfriend. I've been in a relationship for two years. Thank you very much. It's... I'm in an interracial relationship. Uh, yeah, thank you. I know, I agree. I agree. It's much cooler. <laughs> much better. Much better arrangement. It is funny when you're a white dude in an interracial relationship, man. People, like, treat you like you accomplished something. When you date a black woman as a white dude, people are like, okay, I see you. I see you over there. Like, she was sent to me by, like, the Council of Black People. They're like, hey, we noticed you go to The Guardian for your police brutality coverage, and uh, you follow Mark Lamont Hill and D-Ray. Um, I'm here to be your black girlfriend. You have, uh, you're officially woke. Uh, I have come to further your education. <laughs> it's not a political statement. I'm not trying to like, make some sort of statement like we're in racism one couple at a time. It's ridiculous. If I'm being honest with you, the main reason I'm with a black woman is because I'm Irish and we got to do something because the sun is trying to kill my people and I can't... <laughs> We can't just keep pumping out paler and paler children. The earth is getting hotter. The ozone is melting. I gotta... I gotta get some melanin in this bloodstream. Ace, just stat. Or we're done. I get skin cancer cut off my body every six months. This ends with me. I can't pass this on to my children. I had to get melanoma cut off my ass earlier this year. My ass. The dermatologist is like, hey, aren't you wearing sunscreen? I told you, you got to wear sunscreen. I'm like, yeah, I also wear pants, so I don't really know what you want from me. <laughs> no way. I'm giving my kids a chance. <laughs> Every father wants his children to have a better life. I'm starting with pool day. Just get out there. Enjoy it. As long as you want. You'll never have to know what it's like to lurk in the shadows like a creep. Ruin your friends' birthday parties. <laughs> so we have a lot of talks about privilege and stuff. I'm a white dude. I'm at the, I guess, the top of the privilege chain. That's hard to admit. People always ask, like, why is it so hard to get white dudes just to admit their privilege? That's a hard thing to admit, all right? It's difficult. No one wants to admit their life is easier because of what they are. For the longest time, I actually believed that I was just really good at job interviews. I was like, I'm 10 for 10. That is an insane percentage, especially for a guy that's bad at jobs. How am I doing this? Something might be happening here. But it's hard to admit, man, because, like, you know, I want to be proud of my accomplishments. No one's proud when a white dude does something. Hey, check it out. I did it. Everyone's like, yeah, of course you did. What are you... Poo. They go on Twitter, can you believe another white guy did it? This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you no, 
No one's like proud, you know. I'm like, oh, look, amigo. Everyone's like, oh, wow, succeeding in a world built for you. Way to go. <laughs> Started from the middle. Now you're here. Look at that. <laughs> what a story. What a story you have. What bravery you showed. The way you pulled yourself up out of that pool in your parents' backyard. <laughs> make something of yourself. You guys have been a lot of fun, man. Enjoy the rest of the night. Phoebe and Jessica, everybody. Give it up for Kenny DeForest! You just heard Kevin Yee and Kenny DeForest recorded live at the Bell House. Tudo Queens is produced by Joanna Solitaroff, Jen Poyant, Paula Schumann, and Rachel Neal. Our team includes Joe Plord, Ed Haber, George Wellington, Jeremy Bloom, Matt Boynton, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was composed by Jeff Brodsky. And if you made it this far, Oz, you like what we're doing. So don't mm-hmm. be shy, dude. Share the love. Rate us five stars and subscribe if you haven't yet. Hey, like the Tudo Queens Facebook page for exclusive videos, live show updates, and more. Ooh. Expecto Patronum! I'm going to start my own podcast called One Fed Up Queen, and it's just going to be all about your love of Harry Potter. It's like, I love that you hate it, but it, the podcast is <laughs> devoted to my love of Harry Potter. Like, I would be mad, but I would also be, like, really happy about, like, the attention, you know? 